Chancers, a Go Loud original podcast. People asked, did it change me? Did what change you? <laughs> oh, you know, my victory. Are you talking about the time you won Channel 4's The Circle in 2019, beating 13 other contestants, including Richard Mikeley and Fatboy Slim's son Woody? That victory? Oh god, I actually totally forgotten that I won that. No, I just did a scratch card and won two euro. No biggie. Jesus. Well, <laughs> fittingly, this week we're talking all about reality TV. Oh my god, what a coincidence! Cue the music. And I'm Paddy Smith and you're listening to Chancers. A podcast for those who feel like they're chancing their arms at life when others seem to have it all worked out. Each week we pick a topic for discussion and share our opinions, mishaps and misadventures. And after we talk about unverified nonsense for approximately 20 minutes, we'll be joined by an actual expert on the subject to help us figure things out. Welcome to Chancers, Huns. So this week we're talking about my favourite subject, reality TV. But before we do that... How are you? (laughs) (laughs) How am I? Uh, I'm fantastic. We're going to a wedding today. Yeah, we're off to a wedding after this. Paddy's my date. I know. My plus one. It's very nice of my friend to do that, isn't it? It's very nice of you to invite me. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, it's very nice of me to invite you, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. My co-host. I know, I did ask all my friends and then Oka's like, no one's free on a Friday. So I was like, okay, my co-host can come. <laughs> she actually did say that. She goes, no, you weren't the first no. person okay, I asked. I asked one other I person. I like screaming. <laughs> but look, we move. We um, move. My, my week was great. I have not, I didn't really do anything. Did I do anything? That's a, that's a sign of a good week. Yeah, I just worked. I just hustled, baby. <laughs> uh, but what did you do? You were... You were flying. I was flying up in the air, you know. Yeah, you're like, where are you? I'm just just up in the air. Uh, I love getting to an airport early. Like I love, like you know me. Oh, I like I'm being the same. early for things. Yeah. Two hours, get a drink, do, but get my open my laptop, appear busy again, like <laughs> creating dust. <laughs> yeah, ton. Creating dust. And the fucking queues for security were like so far back. It was basically in swords. It was like, it was, and I like. You know, you're just like, you try not to like freak out. And it, like, every, they were like, we're all in the same boat. We're all going to miss our flights. So I'm like looking at my gate getting closer and closer. And I was like, okay. And then I was just like, the only thing that made me feel good was looking to the side and the fast track queue was massive. <laughs> and I was like, hate that, Hans. You're going to miss your flight <laughs> and you paid like 30 so quid extra. Fast track queue. <laughs> it's like a snail pace. You're like, <laughs> why did I pay the extra? Why? I felt bad for those security guards, but there was like literally people, there was a group of Italian women and they liked seeing that they were going to miss their flight like everyone else. They started charging towards being like, sorry, sorry, we're going to miss our flight. And the guy, the guy was like, get back. You are not allowed on this flight anymore. I'm putting you to the back of the queue. You do not like act like that in my airport. Like, Have you ever missed a flight? I, do you know what? I was there going, this is going to be the first time I've ever missed a flight. There's a story. <laughs> That's for the ground. <laughs> Looking for lessons. Content. And yeah, I was kind of upset that I actually, I had to leg it, right? I legged it at true security. I've never, I've realised how unfit I am. Jesus Christ. Like, I had to walk. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to miss it, but I literally need to walk because I can't physically run. Um, and yeah, then I did make it. I was like, what a stitch. I was like, I was, where's that guy in that little beeper thing? Beep, beep, beep. I was like, put me on. You're like, God damn it, I made it. Now content is out the window. I know. It's like, busy, busy, busy. Busy gals. Every day we're hustling, hustling. Is that a... But yeah, that's that's my reality this week. 
<laughs> and on the subject of that, let's dive into your favourite topic in the world. Would it be up there? Reality TV, I think it is. Yeah. I was. I, we were walking on the way here, I think skincare, reality TV and drinking, my three favourite things. <laughs> and they're all quite enjoyable too together, like a face mask, yeah. Yeah. a bottle of wine and trash TV. Like a bottle of serum after I've drank a lot of cans. Cans? I never said cans. A lot of cans, you don't think I am. Screaming at me, a lot of cans. Like, I'm such a lad, but I also use serum. Yeah, <laughs> screaming in full, like a porn star martini, who do I think I am? <laughs> Anyway, yes, it's my favourite topic. Is it, would it be yours? <laughs> Reality TV. I could like, I can definitely, yeah, you chat can about it. Dip your toe. I don't know. I think I was, when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh my God, I used to love it way more when I was younger. And I think it was that, um, you know, when you used to come home after school, stick on MTV or E! News and just watch like the OG, like teen newlyweds. mom, newlyweds. The like room raiders. Oh, <laughs> oh my can God. With the, um, <laughs> the blue light. The blue light. Why like? they never clean their sheets? <laughs> Always covered in unsavoury stuff. Mortified. Imagine them. Then you do the blue light and your sheets are clean. You're like, I'm not cool. <laughs> no. I don't get any. <laughs> I'm not whacking off every day. Yeah. No. I'm masturbated off. Um. <laughs> That's a different episode, guys. <laughs> Masturbation. When I was reading this up though, I was surprised that it began in 1950, guys. Yeah, I didn't think like, yeah, I thought it was kind of in the, ni- the no- 90s it kind of started, but it was obviously way before then. Yeah, the, so the it was, called, it was called Best the Clock and involved <laughs> it contestants. Called oh my God, Beat the Clock. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Best the Clock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's, called, it's called Beat the Clock. <laughs> I was like, Best the Clock, random. <laughs> It was called Beat the Clock and it was in 1915. Contestants um, had wacky concept competitions, stunts and practical jokes. So that was the first ever reality TV show, apparently. Yeah. To get the ball rolling to humiliate people. <laughs> it's real lives. <laughs> Started in 1950, guys. But then I guess the most popular one or people would know would be next would be in 1992 was MTV's Real world, and I didn't know that was 1992 because that was I was two then, so <laughs> I thought it was around. I remember watching, like, I remember I was thinking well, I wasn't like, really was allowed four. to watch that yeah, when I was around eight yeah. or nine, but then you would, and they'd be like, Yeah, yeah. I, um, I kind of don't know what it was about. I, I watched it, but I can't remember it. It was just, just a load of young people in it living together and like going around New York. I think then, in right in 1997. The next bigger one that people might know was called Survivor, but it was originally called Expedition Robinson. I mean, that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why it's not called that now, guys. <laughs> Survivor's on about season 28. I don't know. Is it still going? Yeah, it's still going. Wow. I, I'm, you're, you're in the middle of a island. island trying to survive. Yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm gone. That's not where I come from. You don't, want, you don't want that one. You're like, there's no love interest. I'm gone. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> I only do. <laughs> there's no bitchiness and there's no love interest. It's kind of boring to me. No, that's terrible. I haven't actually watched it, but apparently it must be good if it's had 28 seasons or something. You didn't watch it when you were younger. I was, I, I was like into it because it kind of was like beachy, kind of they had the bandanas on, they had to do a few trials. So there's like something sexy about that. So, reading here, they actually found the first um, concept of the show to be too expensive for their budget. So, the solution was to, to, that's, to um, that dilemma was proved that's for the real revolutionary, world. to be fair. So, it was revolutionary, this type of thing. Yeah. 
That's for the real world back in, yeah. The oh, first fuck, one. that was for the real world. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they kind of got started. It was like people, you know, and that's actually nowadays why they're so popular on all these streaming sites, reality TV, because it's quicker to churn out. You don't, you know, you know, you're not writing these storylines, this big plot. You're just throwing yeah. a couple of people together and being like, now, fight. <laughs> and it brings us on why Big Brother came in in 2000. That was huge, wasn't that? I remember oh that. Oh my God, stop. I, I watched that. every season. I was obsessed. I used to probably watch some sleep. Like Nasty Nick. Do you remember he used to, he did the notes to try to get people to vote? And then like, um, what was his name? Craig called him out and then Craig won. And Nasty Nick had to be put into like hiding after the show. Oh really? Because he, he was getting so, so much hate. It's because it was the first time we ever saw something like that. Like, kind of like... Would you call it mouses in a cage or something? Yeah, it's like it's kind of like gladiators, isn't it? Like in the Roman times, like watch them. And like we were just kinda... so taken back by like the realness of it. I mean, if you look at the house, it was in bits. Yeah. Like compared to yeah. what it got like with the production over the years. And it was very pure. And, like, and yeah, people the weren't people really aware. Were very, the people were very ordinary that went on the first show. But that brought reality TV to a global level. Yeah, you know definitely. I, mean? I remember being in the Gale Talked watching the one with Keisha in the bottle oh my god Remember? yeah oh like, my god there's there, you know <laughs> no, yeah google it. that don't worry I've seen it um, and it also brought his iconic moments like David is dead oh my god I mean uh, can we just like you need to like also google that because he will give you a giggle every yeah. time like that is one thing you can watch again and again and again and you get the same laugh <laughs> He's like, yeah. goes, oh he died of cancer in the diary room. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and her face, like you could just see it, like proper shock, like whoa, 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 whoa. That Big Brother, whoever casted it, needs a medal. Give her a raise, him a raise. It was Gemma Collins. It was Tiffany Pollard. It was um, Angie, who was David Bowie's ex-wife. Daniela Westbrook, like, and then there was Jeremy McConnell Cook, <laughs> who was an Irish celeb. I'm like, who's his agent? I need to be, give me his agent. Yeah. How did he get on that show? Sorry, Jeremy, but were you really famous? I no. You just need yeah. one credit to your name. And then put I have on. 15. Okay, no. 15. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want the circle, goddammit. <laughs> Is it still going? Celebrity Big Wonder? Um, no, no, no. Maybe they need to reboot that and bring you on. Oh my God. That would be my dream in life, guys. My dream. We'll get it. We'll make it happen. No, yeah. Do an Irish one. Oh, no, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, Fade Street in California, can we just? <laughs> I did rewatch Fade Street. I did re, re and it was stunning. It's hilarious. Like, Vogue is amazing on it. Yeah. If you're listening, Vogue. Um, yeah. She was, she was fabulous. It's always interesting to watch like something a bit more local, isn't it? Yeah. You're like, oh, I know that and place. Joanne McNally's actually person. in it as well. I, I know, realize. it's hilarious. Yeah, she's a part of a PR company. It's yeah. hilarious. If you haven't watched Fade Street, give it a go if you're into like reality trash. I, I'll be honest, like I do love reality TV, let's be fair, but there is a bad side to it as well. I mean, it's definitely trained us to put on a certain persona, like our Instagram personas mm. um, and our podcast, no, I'm joking. Uh, and, but that's not real, do you know what I mean? But like, we're also okay with that, if you get me. Yeah, of course. I think there's like, yeah, for me watching it, I need it to just switch off. I don't want to think about anything. It's very like mindless. And then you can get to look around people's gaffes and what their cars they're driving. But ultimately, like, I don't like the reality TV side of things when it like exploits people too much and humiliates them. And that's 
when I switch off from some of those TV shows when I can tell like producers have gone out of their way to make someone look bad and you're like well that's someone's real life you're actually playing with and they don't know what they're coming out on the other side to and also, like, if you think about X Factor, those bad auditions and all. That's what my least favorite. I could never watch X Factor until it went past the audition stage. And some people's favorite part of it is the humiliation and the audition stage. But I was like, they put people through nine rounds of auditions before they meet those judges. So they have told those people that are they are about to absolutely slate. Like, they, they must think they're good. And that, to me, I was just like, I can't get over that. Like, I just feel it. I feel it for them. They probably feel fine we, now when I'm crying. Too, <laughs> when I was researching this, a fact about it is we put too much onus on fame now. Do you know what I mean? Onus on that celebrity and like people that are untalented coming to the forefront. But I also think that's a bit unfair. Do you know what I mean? Like there is a talent in being... Untalented. Un- yeah, 100%. You know well, there's mean? a need. Like that's, this is a massive industry. So I think uh, if you want to bring someone down for pursuing that... It's not fair because we all feed into it and we all like enjoy it. So it's not that. But also in in like countries where like it would be taboo for certain things to happen, you know, mm-hmm. um, like reality TV has allowed people to see what would be taboo in their culture put on screen. Yeah. So in that way, it's been a very politically pushing forward narrative. So yeah. even though there's parts of real TV I don't like, I do know that like like th- the cattiness, the bitchiness. No, like I think sometimes that can play up for drama as good in those things. I can't just put all plain sailing, yeah. but it's like you you can tell when people are being yeah exploited or humiliated for for entertainment, and that is I think it's also down to the watcher not to believe absolutely everything they're seeing and then go online and abuse these people because obviously stuff has been twisted. But like thankfully, I think there's been laws changed now within the UK anyway for their duty of care for mm. these producers and what they who they're taking on and if they're going to be mentally able to handle it I guess but Paddy you know all about this so like you need to stop me talking and tell me about your experience as the winner of the circle 2019 uh, guys I've brought it up enough <laughs> <laughs> stop I can't um, yes um, it was I don't know how to explain it was a mad experience do you know what I mean there's a lot that goes into it that you wouldn't think about like like I had to have like psychiatric tests before I went in, so I got two separate ones to see what I'd be able to handle it, um, <laughs> and they still let me in, guys. So wow, anyone's okay. left. <laughs> it's a free for all. No, I'm joking. But like, yes, they really are. And when you're on set as well, like there is a the person you can speak to. So if you've had like a tough recording, or you know you've been crying, or you had an argument with someone, there was someone I could always speak to if I needed to. Um, and did you find like watching back yourself back did you watch all your all the episodes back uh, not all of them um, I watched a few yeah it's so different being in there to being a viewer because like you only get an hour of the show where we were mm. filming for like yeah that's what know. I want to know like did you find that you were like edited like differently than how it went do you know what I'm not going to say like I, I don't like people like it's all about the edit look it was me am I fully happy with everything that happened no but can I say it wasn't who well, it's not me, no. And did you like, win some cash? You yes. Me? Like, and my bank says I won. <laughs> um, no, and like, you know, I definitely would never take it back, but it definitely has opened my eyes to it's not as real as people think, you know? Like, you can't just open the circle chat and be like, I want to talk to Esther. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to explain what, why you want to talk to them and if that suits 
the narrative of the show, you get to talk to them. Do you get what I mean? Oh, you can't just be like, feeling a bit lonely. I talk to that so person. If, if Anna doesn't suit my narrative, I'm not going to get really to talk to her. So, Which is fair enough, though. They are, it's a show. Do you know what I mean? So I think reality is very, in inverted commas, commas. And I think we all kind of know that mm. now. So how many days were you in there? So you have to go into hiding because obviously yeah. you can't know who's <laughs> on the show. So I went into hiding and then I went in 10 days into the show. So I was in there for two weeks. Two weeks, the okay. The show was on for like three and a half weeks. And tell us like a typical day then when you were in there. So you'd wake up, um, you'd shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done for sharing because you then, were just on your own for then you'd have, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, then you'd have to write. You'd have your little book of notes for people because obviously with the circle, it's much more about the, your game plan than just like Big Brother or something. Uh, and then the producer would ask you who do you want to talk to today, and I'd have to put in like Esther, Anna, and Peter, and then reasons why I want to talk to them. And then I might only get two chats a day, or maybe even three. And then just I thought to like read a book. Imagine. Read a book or like play Jenga or like oh, sometimes they wouldn't have a fo- you know they wouldn't let you watch telly or anything. No, no, you have one day off. Play Jenga by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> or like I lo- I I realized I loved a word search, guys. I never knew it before, but love a word search. Oh, you should try so word. I did a lot. I did a lot of word searching, um, <laughs> and searching. <laughs> and then like you'd have you'd have a long gaps and periods where you'd be doing nothing, and then the producer would come on and be like, "We're doing a game now," or you're chatting to someone now, and like that could be an hour. You danced um, a bit as well. As in, you're yeah, like, but like the dancing was so annoying. They'd be like, dance more! Oh. Give it more energy! I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, I could hardly walk, please! <laughs> yeah, I was like, what more do you want from me? You're doing like tumbles and all across the room. Yeah, and then you, the can go, you can go up, like say if you wanted a cigarette break or something. I actually took up smoking more when I was in there. I was That's like, yeah. you did. You're like, let me uh, out! And then, because you, can you can't leave the apartment. Like So you'd have to, you'd have earmuffs on and a blindfold while you'd be brought up too, because you couldn't you couldn't hear anyone in the next rooms because they'd be beside you and like you'd be hearing them be like okay Paddy's coming up now Paddy's coming up and then like, I wouldn't have to stop because someone else is in the corridor um, yeah. ooh mysterious yeah and then when you came out you won like when you were going in did you realise because you say now like anyone going to Love Island like they sh- like should be aware obviously you get this duty of care but you should be aware of like you know, abuse you're going to, you know, it's just like, it's not a very nice yeah. online atmosphere for anyone. Even if you, I say, even if you are publicly adored as well, you're still going to get those really horrible people. So did you expect what you, that going in? No. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I expected the level of um, people's real re- opinions. I think what happens is when you're around people and you're in your friend group you kind of are with like-minded people so everyone's kind of mm. like you but when you're on a show like that you put yourself on a pedestal that people aren't who, for people who aren't like you and don't really get you and I suppose like, that's a hard pill to swallow because that, that's just the name of the game do you know mm. what I mean yeah, you're loved and nice. hated and like, unfortunately for human nature we love to look at the hatred and pick it apart and we almost it, it hits us more if we think they're right do you know what I mean if, if somewhere deep inside we think God, that's right there. That makes us hurt us. Hurts us more. But we, but when someone says something good, we kind of we're afraid to even like say we got that good comment. It's a very Irish mentality of us. Yeah, you like there's probably more nice comments, but you're picking up on the really horrible ones. But I do feel like I would look. I like I don't want to say. I think the circle definitely has like opened doors for me and definitely, you know, given me a platform that I would never take away. and, And but it was definitely tougher. And I definitely had imposter syndrome when I left and I went through like a really bad depression 
after I left. So I had to like get th- I had to get like Julia Care. And did they did they offer that to you? Yeah, when they you did, left? but I didn't take theirs. I was afraid. That's fair. Like I didn't want them to think that like I thought they were gonna like lock me up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I went, I went, I went, I went and got my own. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good that they offered it, but they, like they I completely get it. why you would go there and just be like, I'm lo- looking after myself, you know. Do you know what I mean? Because then like take it into the, your own the, hands. the station is all is involved, and it's just a lot. Like I, I'd be feeling like oh god, like almost like I let them down or something, or like I wasn't so I wanted to do it myself. But um, yeah, it is. It's look and like. The circle is like a social experiment. It's nothing on the level of Love Island or like what Big Brother was back in the day. It was I'm like, could you imagine how they feel when they well, come out? Yeah. Like think about Car- like Caroline Flack. Just think about that for a second. And like people that have committed suicide on these programs. Like reality TV is unethical. Do you know what I mean? It is when you think about it. Like um, I I I look up I looked up this fact. It's highly unethical because it's um. It's corrupting to a society because of how it manipulates society and the improper values that it introduces. Reality TV shows that shows do not consider morality when it comes to the treatment of their participants. I think, yeah, definitely to start so, off with now, but I think they hopefully are slowly starting to do that. I think because they with have those, to. Yeah, sadly, with those you know deaths surrounding um, the shows, I think, yeah, it's definitely that duty to do that now but look there's also an I don't want to end like it's not all bad do you know what I mean like let's not get let's get out of this, let's get out of this deepness um, it's, not, it's not all bad apparently a main psychologist the reasons we love watching reality TV is because of empathy according to a clinical psychologist Dr. Jana I can't pronounce that name Scrivani yeah reality television is particularly particularly gives us a false sense that we really know the people that we see on screen yeah, so that's you feel why like you're it. best mates with them. I always it's think that more, whenever I see like... It's more acceptable, it's more approachable. We Chloe feel. and Kim's kids. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. The cousins are playing together. I'm like, you don't know them. Stop watching them on their story. So it is actually because we feel like we know them that we love watching them. Yeah. Like they're more attainable. More closer. And now we have them on our social media and we can like direct message. They might not message you back, but you're like, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> when you were out of the circle, what was it like? Did you find that people were like, did they notice you in the street? Were they coming up to you? Did they notice me? Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was, yeah, it was mad. Um, it's kind of like weird. I, for me, I don't. I've never really thought that that many people watched me. Do you know what I mean? And then when people come up to on the street, we're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Jesus, I forget that I've been on TV." Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, and that's terrifying because I'm so used to. Like, I, I think I, it's a good way to be. You don't be swanning around Dublin City Centre no. like <laughs> when no, you're at the circle. No. Why is nobody looking at me today? Do you not, not know like, who I am? <laughs> don't know who I think I am, guys. Um, no, not like that. But like in a sense, like I'm so like. I'm so desensitized by it. I don't. I don't get like taken back when people come up. Because mm. so you're a celeb. You know, no, but like it's weird. <laughs> but yeah, it was really bizarre. Um, but it was bizarre. People come up and telling me negative things. Oh yeah, like that, they didn't like, like me. Keep that to yourself. You know? Or I wasn't that great. I'm like, okay, hon, <laughs> sit back down. Were you on the show? Like, who are Did you? Did you win seventy k? Um, but like, yeah, people come up to me like you weren't great. Oh my god! Like cheers. I honestly. What? Like, the, but the love, like, obviously, the love outweighs the hate. But, like, again, human nature, we're like. So, with all this, like, you still want to go back on more reality TV? Well, Big Brother is going to call one day. No, I, like, look, I think. 
I'm used to it now, like, do you know what I mean? And I think that I've always had a love of reality TV. And I would love, I do love to be a part of it, but I also know, I don't think I would do something like The Circle again. Mm, Maybe I'd do something else. Do you know what I mean? Like, that wouldn't be very, not a competition, essentially. Because I think a competition really pushes the contestants to do immoral things. Yeah. I'd rather just like be on like a show, like if me and you got around reality show, hun. Yeah, you know? like Chancers. that kind of vibe. I, don't, I like that kind of vibe. Bake off or something. Yeah, would that be nice? Do you know what I mean, that's a competition, but you're like get to bake cakes. Do you know and what I mean? Like, I'd love I, to know I'd like, I would do that. <laughs> I don't, I... But enough of us. We are now going to go to our expert. So now it's time for our expert in the week and me and Paddy are absolutely delighted to be joined by Pandora Sykes, a journalist, broadcaster and co-creator of the 10-part audio documentary on BBC Radio 4, Unreal, A Critical History of Reality TV. I'm so Pandora. excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> We're very excited to have you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Pandora, um, I'm so excited. I love reality TV and I listened to your Love Island episode and my God, I was engrossed. <laughs> so good. Did you listen to the, because it was a two-parter, so did you listen to like one the part. happier one or the sadder the, one? Well, I listened to the one Rachel Finney on. I think that's the, I think that's the sadder one. I think that's the finale. Yeah, it was two, and then you were talking uh, to the like uh, ITV execs and stuff. Yes, yes. I can't, you know what, awfully, it's sort of blurred into one because we basically split it into a two-parter because there was kind of too much to put into one episode for that because it's kind of, it changed reality TV yes. influence the culture, but then there's also, it's also a large part of why there's been such a big backlash and actually probably oh, yeah. why we got the show commissioned because there were a lot of people saying, is it right for the show to continue? Is it right for reality to continue? It raised lots of yes, questions. Yes, it did. And like, I was sitting there like, oh my God, because obviously I've been on a reality show myself. Yeah. Um, so just to sit there and listen to other people's experiences, I made me, it made me feel not as alone because I've, I've felt what some of them were, ta- were, were talking about, that the producers sometimes kind of manipulate, you know, to get the storyline out. Um, and stuff Did like you that. have a bad experience? Um, I think a bit of both. Obviously, I won the show, so it's hard to say I had a bad experience. But, like, I definitely felt like I was, like they didn't expect me to win and I was kind of shipped off the next day. And because I was kind of a polarising character and wasn't, like, loved, um that they were kind of like, oh, they didn't really put me forward. I was doing, I like, you know, and I felt like, I didn't, I didn't, I felt like I wasn't the winner of the show, really. And I felt I had really bad imposter syndrome for it, where like the other people were always, because I was from Ireland, they just like shipped me home and like I was doing all my interviews over, over phone and everyone was in, everyone else was in the studio, you know, and I felt like, why am I there? Did you ever ask? That's really interesting. Did you ever ask why that was? No, I I was, I was too scared. I'm time. just interviewing you now. This is my yeah, yeah, yeah. I was too scared at the time. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to your expertise. I was like, God, we brought I you on to take, take over our job. Thank you so much. <laughs> I prefer it. I prefer it that way around. I'm not very good at being interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I would try and be your expert. The difficult thing about being pinned as an expert on reality TV, which I'm so not, there are so many people, like most of our contributors are more than experts, more experts mm. than me, is that there's obviously so many shows I haven't watched. Like mm. we went into 16 shows for this 
show, this audio documentary series. But there are so many other shows. I mean, it's its whole ecosystem now, whole yeah. genre of entertainment. Well, it's a it's a huge industry, industry, isn't it? And I, like, I one of I read I love some of your lines and the descriptions of your um, episodes. But I read a really good line that said, "Reality TV, the dumbest genre in entertainment, or the one that tells us most about ourselves." Yeah, I just love that because I think people love to hate on reality TV, don't they? But we all love it. And like, why do you think we love reality TV so much? Yeah, it's so, I, I'm always up for challenging those kind of statements. I find them incredibly boring. They're, they sort of sit in the same wheelhouse as, you know, people who like fashion can't be intellectual or, yeah. you know, it's that whole, if you do this, you can't be this. It's really, really boring. Also, reality TV is, is, is such a varied genre. There's lots of reality TV that I don't like just because you like some shows doesn't mean you have to like other shows. Mm. Um, I think it's something we really wanted to challenge because we knew... Shirin and I, with the show and with all of our work, kind of want to bring in people who wouldn't necessarily choose to listen to something. Um, and it was kind of a similar thing that I tried to do with an audio documentary I made last summer on Britney Spears, is I'd have friends being like, oh, I'd really love to listen, but I don't have any interest in Britney Spears. You know, I feel really sorry for her, but I don't have any interest in her. And I would say, well, yeah. I, I don't really have any interest in her beyond I feel sorry for her. But there's a larger injustice here against women and the way that we listen to stories of female pain and also conservatorships, yeah. and, you know, all of those kind of things. So I suppose we really wanted to set up with reality TV that it's been dismissed. It will continue to be dismissed. But if you're dismissing it, you are missing a trick because it, it has percolated into so many things from the fashion that women like to wear to the beauty industry to the body type I mean look at what the Kardashians have done for what yeah. is seen as the kind of idealized conventional body shape it used to be that what I think of as the sweet valley sweet valley high girl aesthetic which is size eight or ten blonde blue eyed and now it is this racially ambiguous body type um tiny waist cat eyes yeah huge lips big bum and it's also one that's really really hard to achieve without surgery um and I think that raises really interesting questions about what's seen as beautiful and what's seen as feminine and all the rest yeah and I thought it was interesting that you said um like you know reality we say we don't want that much jeopardy but we wouldn't watch the reality shows without arguments mm. without that jeopardy you know we kind of watch it for that kind of like argumentative moment but then is that bad for the the viewer like for the uh, the contestants um and like you know would 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 we watch it if it was just like kumbaya and you know we're all lovely to her Shirin and I had slightly different um feelings and experiences on this because I hate so she loves Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and so do I. I find lots of um girl on girl fighting or just any kind of excessive fighting like really uncomfortable it's in selling sunset as well um it makes her feel quite calm she said because she's a naturally she naturally does not like confrontation confrontation so she kind of enjoys watching it i think i naturally am quite reactive and try and quell that so i find it extremely unrelaxing to see people i'm the react. exact same yeah, yeah. um so, and i, I think i think i'm your like... friend because i'm 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 the opposite yeah that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like i try yeah i try really like I, I try to sort of not give in to that impulse so when i pe see people giving into that impulse it's very like unsatisfying to watch but I don't know I mean something we're really looking at is kind of is is there such a thing as ethical reality tv what kind of could exist in a post schadenfreude world or, or a post-confrontainment world which is conflict and confrontation dressed up as entertainment and conflict uh, and conflict dressed up as entertainment 
you know, can it can it sort of exist? And I think it does in lots of really successful shows like Great British Bake Off, Masked yes. Singer, Strictly, Great British Sewing Bee, Your House yeah. or My House, Tiny House, Design Challenge House, you know, all of these shows um, have really taken that forward. However, if you're going to put people in a house, it, it, it like, especially with something like Love Island, and you're going to put in romance, and you're going to be like, picking people up, you know, people are going to come in and say, oh, no, I actually fancy her more. Like, it, it's just impossible to avoid that, I, I know. think. Um, but do you think that, like, it is reality that people fight? So can that not be shown? It is reality that people fight, but should everything, not to be kind of stiff up a lip and don't air your dirty laundry, but there is an element of me that thinks for, like, human happiness stuff has to be contained you know like Mm. I think we live in the time and I find this really interesting of um of it's that whole idea that authenticity has to be bearing all or that you have to be really vulnerable online like I find it really interesting that I've been told before that I might be more relatable if I kind of shared some if I was more vulnerable online and to me that that's actually a really dangerous thing because I can't ever take that back and then that's in that's in a public space forever for people to pick over and to hold against you know it it, that is so dangerous um for me Mm. personally in the way I see things so I find that whole kind of sharing everything um I don't think that sharing is always a common good um I think it can be, but I think it's really tricky. Uh, so I'm I think quite it can be nervous. relatable, can't it? But it, you you do want to protect someone for it's sure. It's relatable, but that person sharing as well. Yeah, How yeah. good is it for them? I wonder. And and so that's I think a tricky thing where you're at with reality TV as well. I feel, it like is. I feel like our social medias are like like yeah. when I post too much of my stories, I'm like, this is like a reality TV show now, and you need to stop. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it makes you feel really good. Like I've got friends who share everything and it is nothing but a catharsis. It helps them. It helps people around them. They feel really good about it. But, you know, if you have any kind of anxiety or OCD or hypervigilance, which are all things that I have, it's just never going to work for me. And I think the problem is lots of people who go on reality TV and Paddy, I'm interested to hear how you feel about this. Lots of people go on reality TV are the people who are like least equipped to deal with the psychological and emotional fallout from it. It's people who are chasing a quick high. They're chasing lots of followers they're chasing a big audience they burn bright but they probably fly too close to the sun they're very sensitive which is what makes them kind of burn brighter but also makes every puncture afterwards you know really go deep um the people that would be best on reality tv are the people who've got no interest in appearing on it um (laughs) because you know they're kind of they're not chasing fame they're very sure about who they are they've got like a really solid sense of self and most of the time they've got no interest in Pandora, going on. Pandora, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> Leave, me alone. It's everyone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. It's everyone. But it's but it's an interesting I I'm very interested in, in that dichotomy of of basically that yeah, the people who would survive reality TV best are the very well, people who just got no interest being on it. Well, I will say, like I although obviously there is a fame aspect to it, and I'm like I do have an insecurity around never feeling accepted so I wanted I wanted to be accepted by a mass audience like I I never felt accepted by my family by anybody so I felt that need of needing to like prove that people loved me because of my disability I think yeah and I think and I think that a lot of my aspects come from never seeing someone disabled on screen so I want to in in my way I was always told that I was funny and like that I wasn't smart so 
when I was a kid, all I thought of was I have to do something with my personality then because I'm not smart. So it has to be around reality TV and, 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 and I can be that person that no one can see and that I, I'll be that disabled person on reality TV that's funny that I've never seen before. So I think that was a lot of my driving force behind it. I think that's really powerful as well, though, because as you say, you weren't seeing people like you on TV. I think that's incredibly powerful. I don't think a lot of people who go on reality TV can claim to be occupying the same space. Mm. Yeah. Like a lot of the casting is pretty kind of cut and paste now with reality TV. Yeah, the same models in every week, every every year. Yeah, they do yeah. that on Love Island. They literally show like the past like I know. contestants, and they look. I don't know how same. you. I don't know how you feel about this Pandora, but like, do you think that when they're saying they have a disabled contestant on, and like, you know, like you can't even really see their disability, and like, you know, I would love to see someone in a wheelchair who's absolutely stunning go in there, you know, but absolutely beautiful, um, and see how they how, how they get on. But then, yeah, like, it's a good point. They've never cast anyone with even a minor disability. Well, no, they cast anyone. They cast someone this year with a here as uh, she's yes, um, yes, she's of deaf. course, hearing yes, difficulty. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I haven't been watching. Um, I, I can't watch any more reality shows. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been watching. But is she is she having a good experience? Yeah, well, yeah, she is. Good. Well, yeah, I hope that is. means that their casting will continue yeah. to be, which is good. Um. Her. Like it, it's it. I hope we get more diverse. But then it's also would that would do you think like an LGBT or a more diverse cast mm. we would want to watch that? That's the problem. Do you know what I mean? I or, think lots of people want to watch it. I feel like maybe it's a bit trick, like of a casting nightmare, which is why they mm. haven't. Because I guess they think, okay, we'll put in this many guys and this many girls, and then that makes eight couples. But I guess mm. if they're looking at people who are queer and there's just a certain amount of fluidity I, I don't know I think it must be a logistical thing because you're right I mean people have been calling for this for ages Megan Barton Hansen's been really kind of um not outspoken that's not the word very vocal about how she she thinks that 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 should be a thing and that I think she has said in the past that she had to hide her bisexuality before she went on Love Island and I definitely don't mm. remember her talking about it on Love Island it was no. afterwards wasn't it so yeah, I mean, I can only imagine that there's that there's a logistical element. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Or I was thinking, was is there like an appetite, really? Or do you think there is? Like, I think there is an appetite. I mean, of course, there are lots and lots of people um, watching who are not progressive, of course. And reality TV does conform, I think, to quite a few... Often it can be quite traditional. Like, if you look at TOWIE, for example... Um, that is a very, it's, that there are gay characters who are really, really popular, like Bobby Norris, mm. for one, but generally what they're seeking is a partner and a house and a good career. And, you know, it's it's almost quite kind of 1950s and it's like family set up. Mm. But then also reality TV is really pioneering in many of the things that it's done. There have obviously been like epic fails, like there's something about Miriam and the swan um which we discuss in the wild wild west era of, of the audio documentary but big brother i think was really pioneering the people oh, that was so on amazing. screen it was the first time that you'd seen someone with tourette's kind of outside of the yes. documentary with pete nadia was the first transgender um contestant so i actually think yeah. it can be there was a blind person on it as well mikey it's great god i don't even remember that yeah, yeah i it mean was there such was such a so good many... mix of you know r- real people wasn't it 
Totally. And then it almost went a bit backwards, I think, in terms of how a lot of the casting, I mean, it was really white, wasn't it? All of the casting, mm. The Hills, Laguna, Towie, Made in Chelsea. Yeah. Um, although I think it's, I think there are, Made in Chelsea now, I've been really interested by what they've been doing in the last few years. So I've always, always watched it. And they got a new exec in a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. And I think she was really committed to, and actually, the, the way they talked about it was really interesting. They, I said there used to be much more of a focus on kind of money and being posh and stuff. And they said, well, we had to like really set it up as a, you had to really kind of establish the setting. So there'd yeah. be like re, quite cringy kind of reinforcements of who these people were and their like social milieu. But now that's kind of been done and the show's going for 10 years. Now mm. they can explore more meaningful storylines like Ollie Locke's journey with surrogacy, which is, I found really, really moving. Yes. Um, Paris's story with racism. Um, Alex Mitten lost his mother, and he talked about the grief of that. That was that was really really sad. And and, and similarly, actually on Towie as well, um, various storylines uh, about depression with Tommy Mallet. So maybe it's just that at the beginning it has to almost be quite paint by numbers to like establish it, and then mm. once you've got the following, then you can look at more meaningful stuff, which is a bit sad, I suppose, in a, in and of itself. But then those shows started in the 2010s. So that was a very different climate. Only 10, yeah. 12 years ago is such a different time for it's, commissioning and kind of cultural yeah. analysis than now. It really, really has come on leaps and bounds, hasn't it? Like when you only look back, like I was listening to one of your episodes today and it was the about the like the X Factor and talent shows. And that's always been something that I've like really not enjoyed even back 10 years ago, like until it got to the good stages, because I was like, I can't sit and watch these people be humiliated when I know that they've gone through rounds and rounds and rounds of auditions. And some of the stuff that Simon Cowell used to say to people, like they're just saying it would never be aired now. You know? I know. I mean, there was so much, like we were spoiled for choice when we were putting together, like, you know, the kind of various montages <laughs> of, of what he said. But also, and this is the uncomfortable fact that I think it's like really important to acknowledge, like lots of people watched it for Simon. So one yes. of the yes. no, but they loved that. Yeah, the yeah one of the producers we spoke it. to said that people would come up to and be like, "That's Simon. He's awful, isn't she? Isn't he?" And she would say, "Do you want? Do you want him not to be on the show?" And they go, "Oh no, 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 no! I want him to be oh, on the yeah. show." Oh yeah, no, it's all about him. So you know, he was. He was definitely playing a role. It's like, oh, I understand how the mass yeah. enjoy it. Like I'd be, yeah. Yeah. Watching, I'd just be like, I, no, like, I, I think I have too much em- empathy. I'm like, I'm a massive empath. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't watch it either. I uh, I'm going to be, I, I watched it, lads. I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> we're here. For, I'm the wholesome reality TV. Like, let me bake off every yeah, day. I, when... I, I, I'm there. Like, and you would think I'm better because I've gone to a reality show. And I'm still like, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> No, I think a lot. I think I'm kind of a bit of both, to be honest. Um, but I think a lot. No, Paddy, I think a lot of people are like that. And I think also when we talk about how far we've come, it's really important to look at Love Island and when that whole "be nice" hashtag circulated. Yeah. Um, still, contestants on Love Island were getting death threats into their Instagram inbox. You know, their family members who were like managing their Instagram would be like, "Guys, what?" I always <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I always I mean, find that bizarre that like no. maybe because we're more in the industry like we reality TV we know now that most of it can be scripted or like the edit is very heavily done by the producers yeah. or they're asked to reenact stuff but like the mass public they just they either know this or forget about it and then they just take it as word and think it's very real and then go in on people 
I think it depends think, from show yeah. to show as well. And, and and contestants will have different experiences of the same show. That's also yeah. what I find really interesting. Do you know what I find really interesting about? Um, I don't know if you saw, I heard about you talking about Rachel Finney and obviously um, obviously black contestants always not being picked. And then mm-hmm. she yeah. was the first black bombshell. Um, and obviously then like it didn't really work out because the person mm. that she picked didn't really fancy her. And then did you see that they did a, uh, a live and Brad went at her again a few weeks ago, being like, well, was she really a bombshell? And there was a whole kind of backlash about that. And oh I'm my like, God. is that like, like, do you think it is like, like you would think that we've come on leaps and bounds in that way in terms of like Black Lives Matter and putting more diversity into a show. But, you know, people still feel this way. And even in this year's Love Island, all the black couples are put together by the, by the by public. By the audience. That was quite interesting, wasn't it? Because some people yeah. have said... Uh, and and I, I don't think it's necessarily even like a, a, a cynical thing, but the producers left it up to the audience and yeah. the audience went and did the most regressive thing. Mm. So is that kind of the producers reminding us that for all our calls for them I to know. step up, that actually <laughs> like the onus is on us? And, and, and is that a bad thing they did or is that actually quite an enlightening thing they did I, I found that I, I'm not watching the show but I'm yeah. still following the kind of dialogue around it and I found that really interesting because the audience can't, can't blame anyone for that that was, that was <laughs> you know yeah that was like a user generated yeah. voting system um, it's extraordinary that it happened but not extraordinary as well I doubt it's I doubt it surprised uh, I doubt it surprised a lot of non-white people watching mm, yeah yeah it's just mental to me. I mean, like they kind of turned a mirror on us. Do you know what I mean? Mm, be like, well, you're mm. giving it to us, and look what you've done. Exactly, you know? exactly. That's why I think it was. That's why I think it was so interesting. But Rachel, I didn't know about that with Brad. My God, do we yeah. need to go into whether or not she is or isn't a bombshell? Like, oh, she wasn't that hot anyway. Um, I think it was really interesting <laughs> that she went in determined to be different and yeah. found. And then I think. In, a, in our longer interview with her, she was very, very interesting on how she had no desire to be an influencer. And yet when she came out, she still found herself kind of following the model. And then she was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be calling paps. I don't want to be meeting up at like other influencer events. Like she wasn't casting shade on people who were doing that. I think she was actually more sharing how seductive it is, it is. That, that pattern that kind of pipeline, as we called it. Even if you think that's not for me, it's really hard to resist. It mm. is. It's so seductive. I mean, I uh, like you know, I'm in it myself in like a smaller level, mm. but like it is very seductive. It's because you get so many free stuff, and you get invited yeah. to events yeah. that wouldn't happen to you, and doors open that you wouldn't normally get, and it just becomes this seductive kind of like drink that you're just like I just want more of it and you're like do I really know what did I start here what did I start for what did I actually start what did I begin this for do you know what I mean yeah I can totally see that yes we were just talking about Love Island I love I love there was a great line as well in 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 your documentary about Love Island being a a finishing school for influencers now (laughs) (laughs) yeah we spoke to Simeon Brown who's written this brilliant book called um Get Rich or Lie Trying Okay, um, I'm going to guess this. Wow, it's so good. So he's a Channel 4 uh, correspondent. and um, But he's really interesting. So he's kind of looked, I suppose, influencer culture. But he always says that a story is best told not through something's winners, but it's losers. So he looks mm. at sort of the underbelly and the fallout of these people. So for every Kim Kardashian, there's someone with 
leaking breast implants and the fast fashion disaster sort of thing. Um, It's a brilliant, brilliant book. So he was very, very interesting on, um, he's got so many great phrases for Love Island. Uh, I think we called it the influencer sausage factory, but yeah, he called it, (laughs) he called it the, the finishing school. He was like, you know, it's, it can do more than Harvard can do. Like why do an MBA at Harvard when you can, when you can go on to Love Island? Um, So he, yeah, he came out with lots of really great phrases on that and why, uh, and why I think casting has such a difficult problem because they obviously want to cast people who are kind of like news and don't really know what to expect. Whereas what they're getting is people coming to them with agents and social media. Yes. They're getting tons and tons of Molly Mays. Everyone wants to be Molly May, oh. don't they? Yes, yeah. for sure. Okay, and one final question before we let you go. We really appreciate your time. Um, after all your research, what do you think are the best ingredients for a good reality TV show? What are the best ingredients or what are the most ethical ingredients? Oh. A bit of both, a bit of both, a bit of both, a bit of both. I mean, I suppose it's interesting to think about what to twist your question a little bit, like what should a reality TV show look like now? So in a way where people aren't um, at real risk, want a better word, because obviously yeah. we, we know um, about how shows have been connected with suicides and very and various other really uh, tragic, devastating things. So I, I, what you want is um, you you need people like the GC you, you yes. need people with that She's natural iconic. charisma who even if they're working as a used car salesman everyone knows they're destined for greatness including them I mean if you've read the GC's autobiography yeah. she absolutely knew that she was destined for the big time so you need someone that comes with this like larger than life personality the Gemma Collins the Amy Childs all of those kind of characters um, and you need I think like a localized setting for me that is where I don't think you need to keep everyone in a house um I, I don't love that that there's no time off but the reason why shows like the only wears Essex is so great is it was like that golden triangle in Essex of kind of 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 aspiration and glamour and everyone knowing mm. each other so I think you need like a really specific setting a really specific story and really really good casting which is harder than ever and you need really really um I think responsible producers and properly good aftercare and support outside of the show um I don't know if a commissioner would say that's what you need to make a good reality show but <laughs> no, that feels to me like a robust from you. start yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that that was really great and um, if people want to keep up with what you're up to um where can they find you I'm on twitter at pin sykes and Instagram at sort of trying to remember what my handles are uh, at Pandora Sykes on um, on Instagram. Pandora, I could have spoke to you all day. We could have done hours and hours and hours. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> TV is my <laughs> oh my forte. I just love it so much. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It was such a pleasure to speak with you guys. And now we're on to our chanter of the week. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Okay, what, my who do you think who do you think I'm gonna choose? A Kardashian? <laughs> no. Someone from Love Island Hall. Oh Love see. Island. But I'll let oh, you go obviously first. with the week that's in it. Oh well yeah. I decided to go for an OG reality TV star. Um, Collins. She's actually iconic, isn't she? <laughs> um no, I haven't seen much about her now. I think she's actually retired, like taking time some time out to make a family or something I read. Um, <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, I read from time to time. <laughs> My my chance of the week is um, Jessica Simpson. Oh my god! And the tuna of the sea girl, or the chicken of the sea. Yeah, chicken um, of the sea. Yeah. 
because she posted on Father's Day a gushing post about the fantastic men in her life, her dad, her partner and her partner's dad, like just saying how like selfless they are and all that. But she posted it with like the most up close selfie of herself. (laughs) (laughs) I thought... I just thought it was hilarious and I didn't know which kind of which kind of chancellor she was because I was like is she just taking this opportunity to post a really pretty photo look, of herself it. it's on her Instagram it's on her Instagram yeah it's like okay. she's like in the sun she looks gorgeous like she is absolutely stunning but well, like not if you're pissing yourself you're like well I was like I was like which chancellor is she because it's like you know when you're like it's your friend's birthday and you go looking for the hottest photos of yourself besides your friend <laughs> Um, just like you know for that dopamine hit or is she like also maybe she's posting herself photo, photo of herself to be like fuck oh patriarchy God, I see, I see. <laughs> <laughs> <Is it> that? <laughs> yeah it's all about her dad and her, her husband <laughs> no that's a scream <laughs> she's like happy father's day daddy you made me well yeah. done um, how about yourself what's your chance for the week so obviously you're Love not Island. into the violence. I am obviously like hook it to an IV drip and hook it to my veins. Like yeah. I love it. But is this girl in it called Ekansu? Even the name. Ekansu. Ekansu, yeah. <laughs> like who <laughs> called her that? Uh, imagine like seeing a baby be like, my name, I'm going to call it Ekansu. Uh, anyway, she. <laughs> Fekansu. <laughs> so I call her Ekansu at the minute because she's the, she's a walking ick for me. She's giving you the ick. Oh my God, she's hilarious like she's the biggest bombshell that's ever come in i think that if she won the show she'd steal the money like that's how nice she's great to watch but my god i couldn't be her friend but anyway she was in this relationship with this guy called davide who's italian and this new guy comes in and she starts fancying him because davide's not giving her a lot of attention and she's very full-on like she's really like handsy and like you know and davide's like oh and then this new guy is kind of obviously trying to get into a couple because he, if he doesn't, he'll be dumped off the island. So he's mm-hmm. given her loads of attention. So then she whispers in, his, in her ear, be like, come up to the terrace in three minutes, right? And crawls, starts crawling up to the terrace so no one sees her, like literally crawling. And then as he comes up, she's like, go on your knees, crawl, crawl down. And then <laughs> crawls over to Robin, starts scoring, start scoring him on the terrace. Oh my God. And Don't not only me. one time she did the Spanish, she did it the next night as well. She's like, meet you in Terrace in three. Like having a little affair. A little affair in, in a villa that they can't leave. Like, no. The crawling for me was the funniest <laughs> thing. Like crawling on the terrace, giving him a little smooch. <laughs> the excitement. Like, honestly, <laughs> the excitement of it. You know, like the taboo of it. Oh, and then, and then she fully lies to Davide as well. Be like, no, I wasn't on the terrace. I was at the front door. Like, everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, but we saw you on the terrace, I can see. And then she's like, why are you being so mean? He's like, because you kissed someone, I'm in a relationship with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Drama. But my Every- God, she is comedy. TV gold. <laughs> whoever casted her, well done. She's like, she's just so, um, yeah, she's all over the place, but in the best way. Could I be friends with her? No. Do I love watching her? Yes. Yeah, well, like um, our expert said, people are... The best people for reality TV are those that are all over the place, like yourself. <laughs> so, I believe it. I believe thank it. You, thank you so much, Hannah. That's such a compliment. I know. <laughs> don't say, don't say I never say nice, anything nice to you. <laughs> I don't know who's that one. I think the chicken of the sea one's kind of good and the, and the picture was funny. 
Yeah, I'm going to give myself. That was so funny. Broad list updates, slide into our DM. Follow me, Paddy Lai Smith, and her, Anna Cliff Comedy, for all the latest updates. You can also get in touch by emailing chancerspodcast at goloudnow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week, chancers, stay stunning. <laughs> <laughs>